Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. You want to continue to be a guy and keep yourself in rhythm. Well, you're playing kind of starters minutes right now. 20 minutes, Giannis has another three-pointer. Cut ceiling. And B cranks it down. Joel Embiid has got a 50-burger. And Embiid, easy money, the spinoff, the help is late. 20 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists in 28 minutes. Now Jokic on the move again, turn, face up, that's good too. So the guards for Arizona have outplayed their counterparts. Transition three, Kirk Kreese has got 17. The front court for Arizona has outplayed Utah, their counterparts. Corbin Carroll hits a fly ball to right field, goodbye! Carroll has tied it up. He singled and scored in the second. He homers to lead off the seventh, and it's three to three. Big strong lefty hitting only 188. Drives one deep into left center. Garrett Anderson way back there. This ball is gone. And David Ortiz, whose team was eliminated last October from the league championship series by the Angels. He and his twins teammates watch the Angels celebrate right here in this ballpark. And he comes back and gets his first home run as a member of the Red Sox. Alan Brown is first. Leonard. Got a three. His second three-pointer, their 10th of the first half, 10 for 18, and is back up to 14. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Thursday, April 6th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7, the NBA MVP, who should it be? Juve Hoops, will it be better next season without Kerkrisa? The Diamondbacks, would Corbin Carroll leading off be a good idea? The designated hitter, do you love it? Asking why, I hear you out there right now. Bob, why are you bringing that up? I'll get to that in a minute. Meanwhile, the NBA, what stood out from an eventful Wednesday night? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9-15, a U of A basketball and a little football uh, with uh, Steve Rivera of Fox Sports uh, 1450 in Tucson and also all sports Tucson.com. 9.30 interactive action at 602-260-1060 and also the local roundup. That will include some Suns and Nuggets for tonight, little Dodgers and Diamondbacks for tonight. Also in the final segment of the sports zone, it'll be the national roundup. And uh, that'll uh, include a little from the scoreboard, some uh, baseball from yesterday, latest line, NBA from tonight, etc. 
in the national roundup. Then after the sports zone from 10.30, excuse me, from 10, uh, I don't think we're going to take like a half hour off, from 10 to noon, it'll be the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That'll include a Denver Nuggets update with Matt Brooks of Nuggets.com. The Nuggets clinched the Western Conference number one seed last night when the Nuggets didn't play. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, who should be the NBA MVP? And we're giving you some choices here. Giannis, Joel Embiid, uh, Nick Jokic, as we call him. I remember him you know, during the bubble a couple years ago, whenever that was, three years ago. Uh, he said his friends call him Nick Jokic, so I've just kind of gone by that. But anyway... Giannis, Embiid, Jokic are your choices, and Corey is here and has the early returns. Right now leading Giannis, 75% of the vote there. Jokic at 25% and zero right now for Embiid on KDUS1060.com. That's interesting because it is believed that Embiid is actually the favorite to win this award. So we'll see how that goes. I promise I will not go off on how absurd it is that individual awards are granted in team sports, especially based on the regular season. I promise I will not even get into that. Meanwhile, the Nuggets are in town tonight for the second time in seven days. The Suns, with three regular season games remaining over the next four four games, are reportedly entrenched as the fourth seed in the Western Conference, even though not everybody seems to agree that they're the fourth seed etched in stone in the Western Conference. Anyway, how should the Suns approach the remainder of the season, uh, which apparently means nothing as far as the standings go. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, will the U of A basketball team be better next season with Kirk Creasa opting to move on? Enter the transfer portal. More on that in a moment. And once again, Corey has early returns. Very interesting and very close. No leading right now. 53.3% of the vote. Yes at 46.7 on KDUSAM 1060 on Twitter. Creason announced on Wednesday he's transferring to West Virginia University to play for the defensive-minded Bob Huggins, which seems to be kind of an odd match, quite frankly. Meanwhile, also on the local front, the Diamondbacks open their home schedule tonight with the first of a four-game series against the Dodgers. The Dodgers enter 4-2, and two, including 2-2 two and two last week against the uh, Diamondbacks in Los Angeles. Should the Diamondbacks consider moving Corbin Carroll to the leadoff spot? And that's a role that he seemed to be comfortable with during much of the spring training schedule. Meanwhile, spanning the globe, today is the 50th anniversary of the designated hitter in Major League Baseball, Ron Bloomberg, who I just saw on uh, the uh, Chris, Russo, Chris Russo's show on uh, an MLB Network. Bloomberg was the first DH back in 1973. And the DH uh, was mainly, uh, was entirely an American League thing until the uh, shortened pandemic season in 2021. So, have you come to love the designated hitter in the American League and National Leagues? Meanwhile, back to the NBA. Last night, the Nuggets and the Bucks clinched the top seed in the Eastern, uh, in the Western and Eastern Conference, respectively. And the Clippers have now won 11 straight meetings against the Lakers. That's the longest winning streak ever for the Clippers against the Lakers, 11 in a row. 
what stood out last night in an eventful night in the NBA. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show all the way back to yesterday? That is today's pipeline. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during uh, during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That will be followed by the latest on the U of A basketball program, maybe a little bit on football uh, towards the end. Steve Rivera from Fox Sports 1450 in Tucson and Tucson.com scheduled to join us in the next segment. Bottom of the hour will be phone call time. be general discussion at that point. Also a little bit about the Suns and the Nuggets from tonight and also a little on the Diamondbacks and Dodgers for tonight in the uh, local roundup. And uh, we'll get to the national roundup in the final segment of this one-hour sports zone. Also, don't forget, of course, the extra point coming up uh, from 10 to noon, hosted by Kayla. That will include a discussion regarding uh, the Denver Nuggets. Matt Brooks will join us from Nuggets.com. And the Nuggets, uh, good night last night. They didn't even play, and they clinched the number one seed in the Western Conference. We'll do what's best for the team, and we'll do what's best for you. The Rich Eisen Show, coming to you weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7, your home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The University of Arizona basketball program will have a different look next season. Out to the KDUS hotline we go for the latest on the U of A basketball. And uh, maybe a little football. Uh, we're now joined in the sports zone by Steve Rivera of uh, Fox Sports 1450 in Tucson and also AllSportsTucson.com. And Steve, always good to have you on. Let's go. Uh, let's start with the season past. They had a hot start. Uh, they did finish four games behind UCLA in the Pac-12 regular season standings. Then they beat a shorthanded Bruins uh, team in the Pac-12 tournament championship game, but lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament to 15-seed Princeton. How would you describe the recently concluded, uh, recently concluded, he tried to say, U of A basketball season? Well, uh, you've been doing this a long time, so have I. And the thing that you're judged about, is the tournament and uh, despite having a great season a great season or less than great season uh, uh, it, it's kind of a disappointment you're not supposed to be losing in the first round if you're a one seed two seed three seed or anything like that and, and they played uh, they played well in first and 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 bad in others and and the, and the time they played bad it was against bad teams yeah, so why they were inconsistent, especially away from McHale. Uh, what were the biggest reasons for the inconsistency? Well, that's a good question, Bob. I've been doing this a long time, and this is my theory, and I'm sticking to it. Because I've talked about it for a long time. 
Um, Arizona basketball is, is one of the elite programs. I think we can all agree with that, if elite's the right word. Uh, I think that Arizona fans and the players get full of themselves uh, at times, uh, probably too many times, in fact, where they think that they can just show up and play and then beat the team that they're up against. If, if the first round would have been against, um, uh, you, you know, a pretty good opponent, um, I, I don't know which one right now, but a good opponent, a respected opponent like that, they would have played their, their butts off. Uh, and they just didn't against Princeton. And if you look at every first-round loss they've had throughout the years, they think that they can just show up and play. And, and they, the other team wants to beat them, and they beat them. So how did the uh, basketball crazy community of Tucson handle losing in the first round? Not well. Not well, as usual. Uh, uh, it's way too early for them. You know, you know, they want to watch the tournament. And after the first game, they can't watch the tournament because their team's not in. Uh, very disappointed. A lot of negative things. Uh, 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 Tommy Lloyd, <coughs> excuse me, won 60-some games in, 20, in two years, uh, the fastest to the point of, of any coach ever. And uh, now you get criticism from a little area here and there that he can't coach. Uh, it's surprising to me. Um, it's, uh, it's appalling to me. It doesn't make any sense, but hey, everybody's entitled to their opinion, I guess. That would be true, even if we don't agree with it. <laughs> They're still entitled yeah. to it. Right. Steve Rivera of Fox Sports uh, 1450 in Tucson, Tucson.com, curling the sports zone. All right, so Kirk Kreese announced on Wednesday that he's transferring to West Virginia. First up, was it surprising when Kreese announced that he was entering the transfer portal, and why did he enter the portal? Yeah, not, not at all. Uh, the scale surprise, maybe 50-50, maybe. Not a surprise at all. Uh, we don't know the why, but it wasn't a surprise given that um, I think that uh, Boswell was going to be given a lot of rain next year, a lot of opportunity to kind of lead the team at the point guard spot. And either Tommy said um, that was the case and you'd be moved to a two uh, uh, and he didn't agree with it, or, or maybe realistically he said, you know, my time here has come. I'm going to start anew somewhere else. And he kind of made a reference to that in his podcast where it'd be best for all parties just to kind of start fresh somewhere else. So, Kreese is not exactly a defensive dynamo, and he's going to play to uh, for Bob Huggins in West Virginia, who's you know a defensive stickler. It just seems to be an odd fit to me. Or, am I crazy? Uh, no, you're not crazy, Bob. I'm sure you've been told that a thousand times, but you're not. I'll, I'll verify that. <laughs> Thank <laughs> um, you. <laughs> uh, I'll be your witness. Uh, uh, no, well, you know, he, he, he's going to go play for – and I, I don't know if Bob Huggins is still living off that reputation. I haven't really followed him that much, but he's still a successful coach, obviously, uh, one of the winningest guys. Uh, he'll have to play better, very well, on both ends of the court if he continues to uh, hope, hope he get better. But uh, apparently, and I don't know this to be fact, I didn't check anything, um, the Internet was full of stuff that uh, – uh, one of the reasons why, or two of the reasons why he, he went, was he got a pretty good NIL deal and a mm. brand new truck. You know, the world we live in, I'm looking for that deal. <laughs> yeah, don't blame, me for, don't blame me for that at all. Okay, <laughs> so you mentioned, you mentioned Kylan Boswell, uh, and, and he's going to be the starting point guard next year. He have played more this year? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm not Tommy Lloyd, but it appeared so because he was so good. It's funny because I watched him play, and I watched him play a lot, and I'm thinking, this guy's good, and he's not a flashy good. He's just a good good, and he's not he's not like anybody I've seen 
Um, just in this program recently, he's just a very consistent good. And where else do you want that guy? At your point guard spot. So, you know, he came off the injury. He's obviously only 17 this past year. Uh, you know, how much did those two things play into him maybe not playing more? No. Well, earlier in the year, he was still coming off that leg injury, that uh, the broken leg. He, uh, Tommy said he wouldn't be really going until January. And, in fact, that's when he kind of started playing more, played really well, and then consistently got better. Uh, but it was just more of a like a slow drip better. And uh, I don't know. I can't remember how many minutes he averaged, but uh, he probably could have played more. But but through two years of Tommy, Tommy said that uh, that Kerr was his ride or die, and guess what he did? He rode and he died. So, will the U of A be a better team next season with Boswell in for Creasa? Yes, but there's a but there. Uh, they're still waiting to hear from Zoo. If Zoo leaves, yeah. no. If Zoo stays, yes. Okay, so I'm going to get him next. In fact, talking with Steve Rivera. So, uh, Tabellus, uh, you think he is returning next season? If not, what are his options? Well, that's a good question. I, I think that he'll be declaring something, uh, whether that's to the NBA, to somewhere else, uh, not in not in college, but maybe back home. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, I don't know what his options are completely, but NBA to test those waters, maybe overseas to, to get some money over, overseas somewhere, maybe his home homeland where he can get a ton of money. Uh, but I think that, in my heart, at least, that he's proven what he can do. Um, what he can do is shoot the, the jumper from, from distance consistently because he didn't have to do it. Uh, he needs to do that at the next level. Uh, but a good college player, a fantastic college player, uh, kind of like a, a combination of Michael Wright, maybe Ray O's, and maybe somebody else in there where he does mm. the job and does it really well. Okay, so yeah, I think he'd be better off if he went. Uh, I don't know if how's it how's his game fit in the NBA. I mean, the best thing he does is run the floor, but there are a lot of guys that run the floor in the NBA. It, it doesn't it doesn't translate. You know, he's a six eleven guy uh, who's very good, but in the NBA he's got to be very 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 good, right? Uh, and he's positionless, I think, because basketball in the NBA has changed a lot. It's more outside in than inside out. Okay, so Balo obviously showed tremendous progress this past year. He's expected back, right? He's not thinking about leaving, is he? No, no, no. It'd be silly for him to think that. Uh, no, he's back. He'll be much improved next year. He played very well at the beginning, kind of fizzled. He got sick for a while, uh, returned, and then his hand got hurt and broken, and then he kind of just was uh, still Balo-like, but not like he was in November, December. Okay, so Larson, he comes back, right? He comes back. He's got to play better. He he was more of a disappointment on the team because he just didn't uh, meet expectations on the perimeter or otherwise. Um, he just got to get better. I thought he would be the starting guy uh, with maybe 15, 16 points a game because he's capable. He just didn't hit shots, and he wasn't dynamic enough. All right, so I don't follow the recruiting thing uh, very well or closely. So, what's up with the incoming recruiting class? What can they get there? Well, they got one good guard, uh, KJ Lewis, who's going to be coming in at the guard spot. He'll help in the backcourt. Uh, no question, he'll help. He'll probably play a lot, or depends what Boswell does. Um, so they'll be fine. They'll be fine there. Uh, I'm sure that Tommy's uh, scouring the the uh, 
the portal, and he'll get a couple of good players there. They do have uh, Henry Bisar, uh, who's going to be fantastic down the road. I think he'll, he'll shine next year at the center spot. You know, him and, and Balo, well, he's very good. He just needed more seasoning maybe to get stronger and things like that. Uh, and uh, they have a couple guys on the bench. You know, Balo's leaving. I know Balo. Ball is leaving, and I thought he would be able to help them. He just didn't this year for whatever reason. Um, I, th- I think this team is going to be uh, second or third, second for sure, I think, in the Pac-12. Depends what happens at UCLA. But, uh, you know, when was the last time you said Arizona was not going to be any good? It's been a long time. Well, you know, Thank so you. I guess probably – or maybe the year before Miller showed up, um, you know, that was a, a disaster in a lot of ways that everything went wrong that year, but uh, sure. lots of reasons for that. All right. So you mentioned UCLA, uh, UCLA leaving for the big 10, presumably after next year, does, does that affect the UVA basketball program as far as recruiting, et cetera? Don't get that. There's two games against USC and UCLA in Southern California. Does that matter? No, I don't think so. Um, I don't think so because it's still Arizona and it has that brand. <clears throat> It'll still be one of the top two or three programs in the West uh, alongside Gonzaga. If maybe Oregon shows up a time or two, that'll be there. But Arizona is Arizona. So it'll just be, the you know, one of the top top teams in the, in the country in the West. Right? Um, and, you know, good not good riddance to UCLA, but uh, uh, good luck with that on your trip to the Big 12. San Diego State, everybody assumes that San Diego State's going to be joining the Pac-12. How much would that help the, the uh, UVA basketball program if San Diego State joins? Um, I don't know if it will help them. It, it'll be a nice little rivalry because they play them a lot. Uh, and Arizona had them, what, like 17 this year in November. I think Arizona needs to petition the NCAA to move the tournament to November. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm, I predict that's not going to happen um, in either in either way. Okay, quickly, UVA football practice. Spring practice is underway. They obviously they showed some progress last season in year two of the Jed Fish era. Uh, what are the expectations for UVA football in 2023? That's a good question. Um, a lot of people, and I say a lot of people, a few people uh, really think big things for Jed and the team. Maybe six, seven wins. Uh, I had somebody on last week who I trust. He said maybe eight, and I, I didn't. I don't believe it. But you know, let him let him talk high. If they can win six, seven, that would be a very good, uh, very good season for them. Um, there's one problem. Arizona's going is better. They're going to get better, but everybody else is going to get better too. Uh, realistically, it's going to be a tough conference. A lot of good quarterbacks, a lot of good talent. Um, so while Arizona is getting better, so is everybody else. And people don't talk about everybody else. That's true. They do not. That, that's uh, that's kind of just a typical, especially sports talk radio. People only looking at their own team. Uh, right. They'll, they'll look at look at the uh, the actual you know field that they're competing against. Okay. It's so like me, last up, Bob, it's, it's, go Bob, ahead. It's like you and me. It's like you and me, Bob. I get better looking every year. Uh, so do you. So you know what does that mean to me? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, maybe you do. There we go. Um, as <laughs> as far as as far as uh, you know, looking ahead here for football, you know, it, they they you know they obviously showed the improvement last year. You know, the Tucson community. How how how's the Tucson community increased its interest in U of A football in the last couple of years? Yeah, yeah. I think just more interest, but it's always been lukewarm. I've been here thirty some years. It's always been lukewarm. Um, they they want and uh, uh, 
thrive for uh, a good year or a you know, good program, it's just hard to do. And you fall in love with them, and then they, uh, they phase out on you or fizz out on you, and you're back to being a, a mediocre football team. Um, so I think they're you know, tempered their enthusiasm a little bit, uh, and they're hopeful that you win six, seven games. I mean, if that's a good season, that's a good season for the fans here. Steve, always a pleasure talking to you. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bob, be well, be healthy. Thank you. Thank you, you too. Steve Rivera, Fox Sports uh, 1450 in Tucson and also allsportstucson.com. All right, next segment's phone call time. It is general discussion, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll get to some local roundup, kind of a short local roundup. Uh, Suns didn't play last night. Diamondbacks, a rare Wednesday off during the regular season. Uh, but uh, they start a four-game series tonight. The home schedule finally begins tonight for the Diamondbacks. Four-game series against the Dodgers. We'll get a little into uh, Suns and Nuggets for tonight and a little uh, Dodgers and Diamondbacks for tonight. And maybe, time pending, we might even get to a little more U of A football and some ASU football in the local roundup. But mainly general discussion, 602-260-1060 if you want to contribute. we got time and room for you in the next segment. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, which I'll get to in a couple of moments here, it is time for phone calls if you'd like to get in. we got plenty of time, a little more than usual in this segment, so if you want to jump aboard, 602-260-1060. It is general discussion, but uh, before I go any further here, let's do a quick repeat of today's pipeline. The KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com is uh, the question today, who is the NBA MVP? And Giannis, Embiid, and uh, Jokic are your options that we've given you. Those seem to be the only three candidates for that award. Uh, Meanwhile, a Twitter poll question today, will the U of A basketball team be better next season with Kirk Creasa opting to move on? Talked about that some in the last segment with Steve Rivera from Tucson. So uh, good to talk to Steve, as always. Uh, In addition to that, also on the local front, the Diamondbacks in action tonight, their first game of the home schedule. Uh, should they uh, move Corbin Carroll into the leadoff spot? He's been hitting fifth, sixth, seventh in uh, the first six games of the regular season. He seemed to hit uh, leadoff. I didn't look at every spring training box score, uh, but he was uh, getting leadoff in spring training, seemed to be doing okay there. And uh, So maybe they should put him back in the leadoff spot. Of course, uh, you know, the Diamondbacks have not walked much. I don't think Carroll's walked at all so far during the regular season thus far. Meanwhile, some Spain, the Globe thinks today's the 50th anniversary of the designated hitter. Now we have it in both leagues after a million, you know, 48 years of just having it in one league, basically. Um, so if we come to love the designated hitter in the American League and National Leagues, and also basketball-wise, lots going on last night in the NBA. The Nuggets and the Bucks clinched the top seeds in their respective conferences. The Clippers have now won 11 straight meetings against the Lakers. That's the longest winning streak the Clippers have ever had against the Lakers. 
what stood out to you last night in the NBA. In addition, what else caught your eye since our last show? As I mentioned, it is general discussion. So 602-260-1060. All right, on to today's local roundup here. Kind of a unofficial. Um, they didn't have games last night. Obviously, the Suns not playing last night. The Diamondbacks an off day before they start the uh, home schedule tonight. So let's start with the Suns. The Suns and the, Nug- the, Suns and the Nuggets, they each have three games remaining in the regular season. Each apparently have clinched their playoff spot, the 44-35 and 35 Suns. have, according to some... But apparently not everybody. Uh, they have clinched the four seed in the Western Conference. The 55 and 27 Nuggets have clinched the top seed in the West after last night when the Grizzlies actually lost last night. So what players are on the floor tonight? Or tonight, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, those are the last four days of the regular season. At least right now, I'm like, uh, trying to figure out who might be playing tonight in this game and beyond before the playoffs start. I think it's a guessing game. Uh, the Suns have won six straight. They remain undefeated when Kevin Durant plays. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. Uh, they're averaging 116.6 points per game over those last 10 games. I think most impressively, they've allowed just 110.7 points in that 10-game span. Meanwhile, the Suns also on the season, 29-20 and 20 against Western Conference opponents. And the number one Nuggets, they're 33-16. and 16 against the West, so not that big of a difference there. So, how does the Western Conference standings uh, stack up right now? And uh, I will not be here tomorrow. Got a uh, yeah, long-scheduled, kind of an annual medical appointment with a doctor tomorrow, so I will not be here tomorrow. So this is kind of the last time, at least during the uh, regular season, and I'll be going through the, uh, you know, the glob of teams here. Uh, but the Nuggets, as I mentioned, they clinched the uh, number one seed last night, largely because of their 33 and seven home record. They're just 19 and 20 on the road. Something to remember once the playoffs begin. You better win those home games. The Nuggets uh, with 27 losses, number one. The Grizzlies losing last night. They end up uh, right now with 30 losses. Uh, they could actually, you know, the Kings mathematically can actually catch the Grizzlies. I'm not sure who wins that tiebreaker if they actually did tie. The Kings at 32. The Kings won the Pacific Division or clinched the Pacific Division earlier this week. Suns sitting at 35. 38 losses for the Clippers, Warriors. uh, 39 losses to the Lakers and Pelicans. uh, 40 losses to the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves currently in ninth place. 42 losses for Oklahoma City and the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they're tied. Uh, actually, the Thunder actually have the tiebreaker against the Mavericks. So right now, the Thunder sitting in uh, 10th place, the Mavericks number 11. The Jazz now 43 losses after their overtime loss on uh, Tuesday night against the Lakers. And then pretty much everybody else is finished. Uh, you have the Blazers, who have pretty much sat down most of their important players. Uh, I guess or maybe their important player, uh, Damian Lillard, has uh, you know, been shut down for the season. Uh, the Blazers now with 46 losses. The Spurs, who you saw here on Tuesday night, 59 losses. And uh, the Rockets, 60 losses. So, you know, they're playing for ping pong ball status as far as uh, the, the Spurs and the Rockets at this point. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks right down the street or up the street, depending on where you're at. Downtown Phoenix tonight. Uh, the Diamondbacks 3-3 three and three begin their home season tonight with the first of a three-game series against the 4-2 and two Dodgers. 
The Diamondbacks last season at Chase Field were 40-41. and 41. Uh, Tonight's pitching matchup is Merrill Kelly against Dustin May. Uh, the Dodgers actually have a lengthy injury report one week into the season. The following players are considered day-to-day. Mookie Betts with an ankle situation. Miguel Rojas, now they're starting shortstop uh, most days, uh, has a groin issue. Miguel Vargas, who's going to be their number one second baseman most days, he has a thumb problem. Uh, as far as uh, those are those are the day-to-day guys. On the uh, 15-day injured list would be Alex Reyes, Ryan Pepio, who is going to be one of their starting pitchers. He has an oblique injury suffered at the end of spring training. Jimmy Nelson, who unfortunately has had lots of injuries over the years, arm-related this time, an elbow injury. Former Diamondback Daniel Hudson, who I think the the uh, Dodgers would actually like to have him as their closer eventually, but he's out with a knee injury right now. Uh, Tony Gonsolin, who missed uh, some of last season. He was tremendous when he did pitch last season, but missed towards uh, missed some time at the end of the season, and he's also on the uh, injured list right now with an ankle injury. Walker Bueller is on the 60-day injured list. We had Tommy John surgery during the season last year. Blake Trinan, who also will figure into the bullpen situation, he's on the 60-day injured list with a shoulder injury. Uh, J.P. Frierson, another relief pitcher on the 60-day injured list. And Gavin Lux, unfortunately, on the 60-day IL, and it really doesn't matter how many days because he's out for the season after the knee injury that he suffered during spring training. All right. Also in today's local roundup, we talked a little bit about UBA football in the last segment. I'll get to more of that in just a second. But uh, spring football is underway in Tempe and Tucson, wrapping up actually the spring game for the uh, for ASU is the 15th of this month. CBS Sports had big questions for all the Pac-12. So the ASU question: Can the Sun Devils build an offensive line? ASU lost three starters on the O-line uh, from the 2022 season, uh, and uh, it was the big one was uh, you know Ladarius Henderson, who was you know remember we made a big deal when he was a freshman here at ASU, and he was 17 years old. He got better, and he transferred to Michigan after last season. Meanwhile, the interior of the offensive line has to be rebuilt from scratch. More from the CBS story here. Uh, The Sun Devils added a handful of key transfers in the portal, but that took an early hit uh, when uh, it was uh, Ben Coleman, who was a 16-game starter for Cal. He suffered a major injury in spring, uh, spring practice here recently. Also, redshirt Joey Ramos seems uh, poised to lock down the uh, you know one of the guard spots. Uh, so we'll see what that, that ends up. The, U, the ASU actually uh, were not good. They did not run the ball well last year. They were 90th in rushing offense. They were 80th in sacks allowed. So needless to say, the offensive line a little shaky, less than a little shaky last year. And of course, uh, you know, you know, ex Holiday, he's off to the NFL. So the run game, offensive line, etc., a big deal for ASU football. Meanwhile, for the U of A, uh, the uh, CBSSports.com uh, story has uh, the big question, can transfers fix the run defense? And the U of A run defense, which we talked about when, you know, frequently uh, in detail last year, they were really bad. They allowed 209.1 yards rushing per game. That's pretty astonishing. That's a monstrous total, especially in the Pac-12, 
where most teams or many teams actually throw the ball first. So they gave up, uh, for instance, they had the 354-yard game defensively that they allowed to Cal. That's just rushing yards, uh, which is pretty amazing in itself that that happened. Uh, Jed Fish, uh, they targeted the transfer portal, uh, but uh, they only ended up taking five players. I mean, it seemed like they were going to add more. Uh, five linebackers or defensive linemen, though, so that's a good thing. The big guys, Oregon transfer, Justin, Justin Flo, he was one of the nation's elite recruits before he performed uh, uh, for a couple years and performed okay in Oregon. Also had some injury issues at Oregon, which I think is part of the reason he's no longer at Oregon. Uh, the U of A only played two true linebackers last year, uh, but uh, the transfer portal did add three guys, so we'll see if that uh, helps the run defense uh, and the defense in general, which was certainly a major detriment last year. They improved last year. But uh, they'd be even better if they could like, occasionally get a stop when they needed so on defense. And stopping the run is, uh, no matter what level of football, pretty important, huh? Like number one as far as defensive importance. And uh, they rarely did that a year ago. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's uh, spectacular radio program. We'll have the National Roundup. That'll be topped by... Yeah, some baseball, a little score from the scoreboard from yesterday. Lots of day games yesterday. In fact, there were 13 games yesterday, and only one of them was a game that started at uh, 4 four o'clock or later, our time. Uh, so we'll get to a couple of things that stood out. Also, three games for today have already been rained out or weathered out in some shape or form. And uh, a couple of these games were actually postponed well in advance, like uh, a day in advance, uh, some of the season openings, home games for teams. So we'll tell you about that. A little NBA in the next segment and whatever else we can jam in to the final segment of today's spectacular radio program right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. And we start with from the scoreboard. Then the uh, Braves completed the uh, three-game sweep at St. Louis. Matt Olson homered. He drove in three. The Braves win on Wednesday 5-2. Bryce Elder, who was recalled from AAA Gwinnett on Tuesday, he pitched six strong innings. Gave up two hits, struck out six, and walked three. The Braves have won five of their first six games this year. Meanwhile, Garrett Cole outpitched Aaron Nola yesterday. Cole, uh, after his first two starts, has a 0.73 earned run average. Talked yesterday how many top-line starting pitchers have not had great first starts. Well, Cole's had two really good first starts. 0.73 earned run average. He has 19 strikeouts, five walks, allowed just six hits in 12 and a third innings thus far. He hasn't given up a home run uh, this year, which is a big deal because last year he gave up the most in the American League. He gave up 33 home runs a year ago. Meanwhile, the Phillies held to two runs or fewer for the third time in four games. Uh, their last four games, they're now 1-5 on the season, and that's the first time they've been 1-5 since 2007. The Angels, 
Well, uh, they're uh, you know they're gonna lose Shohei Otani. It looks like after the season, so maybe they don't care if he just pitches a lot as far as pitches and so forth. Uh, Otani yesterday walked four hitters and hit two, but he held to Seattle just one run in six innings, and uh, he drove in what turned out to be the winning run at the plate as the Angels win uh, four to three at Seattle yesterday. The 111 pitches, that's right, 111 pitches in his second start of the year. That's uh, the most of any pitcher in baseball this season thus far in the first seven days of the year. Uh, so, you know, I would think that uh, while they have him, you know, considering they have sellout crowds or close to sellout crowds in their home games with Otani, that you wouldn't want to take a whole lot of chances with Otani. But it does seem strange that he was throwing 111 pitches yesterday in his second start of the season. And he didn't have his, uh, he had good stuff. His location and command was way off, as I mentioned, with the four walks and two hit batters. But uh, certainly uh, good enough to get by. He threw a couple pitches to Julio Rodriguez that were just unhittable. Uh, and a couple of his at-bats. All right, on to the NBA for tonight. A couple games to pay attention to. The Suns hosting the Nuggets. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have no idea uh, who's actually a little le- We have less of an idea than usual who's actually going to be playing in this game for both teams tonight. Uh, but the Suns, uh, as a few minutes ago, seven-and-a-half-point favorites in tonight's game against the Nuggets. Of course, uh, the Nuggets just played here last weekend. And uh, they didn't play their top four guys. Uh, We'll see how it goes tonight. They clinched, if you missed it earlier, the Nuggets clinched the number one seed in the Western Conference last night. We'll have a little more on the Nuggets uh, during the extra point. So stay tuned for that uh, from 10 to noon, hosted by Kayla. Matt Brooks will join us from uh, Nuggets.com. So that's one game as far as also the Western Conference uh, race, quote-unquote. Oklahoma City and Utah staggering to the finish line. They play tonight at Utah, and OKC is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite in that game, total sitting at 239-and-a-half. And And kind of the the, uh, not-good game of the night in the Western Conference, Portland, which is, you know, shut down some of its best players, including Damian Lillard against San Antonio. That game in San Antonio, the Spurs, a four-point favorite total in that game, 228-and-a-half. Meanwhile, from the uh, rip from the headlines, the Ravens, uh, I mentioned her a couple of weeks ago that it's uh, pretty amazing how Jim Harbaugh has not been completely frustrated when he continually is asked about Lamar Jackson. Well, Eric DaCosta is their general manager, and he pretty much is kind of fed up with the whole topic. Uh, if, you, if you didn't see his press conference yesterday, um, you might want to just check it out for humor purposes. Uh, but uh, he's done talking about Lamar Jackson at this point. He acknowledged actually also yesterday the Costa did about the possibility of the Ravens selecting a quarterback in the first round of the draft. Uh, so, of course, Jackson has, quote, uh, requested a trade. Also in the NFL yesterday uh, was revealed that Broncos legend John Elway is no longer employed by the franchise. His consulting contract ended and is not going to be renewed. Meanwhile, from college basketball, Connecticut's victory over San Diego State in the championship game on Monday night, the least feud final on record. Uh, the uh, 75-59 victory won uh, 14.6 million viewers on CBS, the previous low 
It was in 2018, but that's a little misleading. That's when Villanova beat Michigan. But that game was on TBS, and not as many people have access to TBS as they do CBS. As far as the lowest-rated game on CBS until Monday night, it was the UConn 2004 victory over Georgia Tech. Uh, so we expected, uh, you know, the, I, we knew that the, the ratings for the uh, Final Four last Saturday are going to be low, largely because of Florida Atlantic and Georgia Tech playing. Or excuse me, San Diego State playing. Uh, Georgia Tech was, uh, I just mentioned that they played in the 2004 game. Uh, but uh, we, uh, yeah, I'm, I assume CBS is, quote, disappointed, but that's still a whole lot of viewers and more they'd be having on a Monday night, whether it was NCIS or NCIS Hawaii, two shows which I watch every Monday night, by the way, uh, as long as they're not reruns. Also, real quick, Major League Baseball, Liam Hendricks is on the road to recovery uh, for a huge milestone yesterday. He posted a video on Instagram of uh, him ringing the victory bell after his final chemotherapy treatment. Not all the good news yesterday, though, for the White Sox. Unfortunately, they're without uh, one of their top uh, hitters. Eloy Jimenez, who's been oft injured, is injured again. Uh, he's going to miss several days. Uh, he's on the injured list, a 10-day injured list with a left hamstring strain. Rainouts tonight in Major League, or today in Major League Baseball. The Mets home opener against Miami. Yankees against Baltimore. Cincinnati at Philadelphia and also uh, Houston at Minnesota. Those games have already been postponed. A couple of those were actually postponed yesterday, forecasting the bad weather for today. All right, next two hours will be the Extra Point hosted by Kayla, so stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Broadcasting.